This, this, this is, 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 Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode 284. We are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but we do talk about other franchises as well. So welcome along. You can subscribe to this via iTunes. Please do so. And therefore, you'll never miss out on any of our content that goes audible. You can also get stuff in vision as well on our YouTube channel. Go and check it out, Fight Disciples on YouTube. And we're all over social media, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, on Twitter. And our Instagram account is at The Fight Disciples. Uh, thank you very much for all your kind comments on last week's show. Uh, that is the most listened to MMA show that we have ever done in the last three and a half years, obviously off the back of UFC London. Uh, and uh, Jorge Masvidal's victory over Darren Till, Meatball Molly being on the show as well uh, last week. Uh, so thank you very much if you took the time to come along and join us uh, to talk a little bit about mixed martial arts. Um, that was our most listened to uh, episode wow. ever. Wicked. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Um, hopefully you're still here. Hopefully you've stayed along, you know, after listening to uh, last week's show because we've got lots to talk about from uh, everything that happened in Nashville uh, over the weekend. The Superman punch of all Superman punches. I said on last week's show, didn't I? Are we going to see something flashy from Pettis? Are we going to see the showtime kick? Are we going to see something that goes viral and goes a little bit crazy and gets us all excited uh, for this welterweight division? And I'll tell you something, Anthony Pettis brought the party, didn't he? Absolutely brought the party. He might not necessarily have made inroads uh, for the first nine minutes, 50 seconds of the fight. <laughs> but when he fucking landed, boy, did he land. And I'll tell you something, everybody knows his name now, don't they? It's like, just when you think there's no more showtime left in Anthony Pettis, here comes the showtime. And to do it against... Superman showtime. Uh, to do it against the striker like Stephen Thompson as well. He was being Stephen Thompson for the first nine minutes yeah, yeah, of the yeah. fight. He was keeping him at range. He wasn't taking any chances. And you were thinking, oh, Stephen Thompson's just going to pepper him for five rounds here. And it's just going to be boring. For Pettis, just to get busted up the way he was but to not lose hope and just to wait in time that Superman punch, kick himself off the fence. You know, fucking hell. It's like, this guy is just like, a, he's become like a human highlight reel. Mm. But he looked finished. You know, Pettis has been lost in the wilderness of not knowing what weight division he belongs in for so long now. You know, he hasn't had back-to-back wins since fucking 2013. So for him to produce a performance like that, up at welterweight, he's got no business, don't feel it. He was that featherweight, he fought for the featherweight belt two years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed, when this fight was announced, you were like, oh, fucking hell, what's Petters doing here? What is he doing? Just kind of cashing in. Is he, you know, is he punching his check? Is he just trying to take whatever fight he can to stay relevant, to stay as the main event? But he knew something we didn't, man. And he, you know, he, yes, he took a lot of punishment, but to have the audacity and to have the talent to, to, to pull that off, and maybe that's what it was. Maybe Stephen Thompson ultimately got comfortable in the first nine minutes and thought, I've got this, I can control this fight, no problem. And he underestimated Pettis' creativity. But to land a Superman punch like that, mate, fucking George St. Pierre never landed no Superman punch like that. That was absolutely brilliant. And as soon as it hit, he was out. Sparked him with one dig. 80 fights he's had. Um, Stephen Thompson. Never been knocked out until the weekend. And look at who he's fought. Oh, he's fought every man and his dog, mate. Till. Twice, Till. It's just Masvidal. Like proper monsters as well. Big dudes. Woodley Twight, Rory MacDonald, yeah. Johnny Hendricks, you know, Ellen Berger, Cote, Patrick Whitaker, current middleweight champion, got a win over him. Big dudes, man. Not one of them. How good was his reaction? 
I'm talking Thompson now. Oh, in the, he's back, been back in the hospital, mate. No, no, not even that. Even before he left yeah. the cage, he he sat down on this stool, and Pettis goes over to him, pays him the respect, and he looks at him. He's going, mate, fair play. That was out. He was actually fanboying on the knockout on yeah, himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can you not like Stephen Thompson? He's just a dude, isn't he? He's, he's class. A top, he's a top geezer. The video he put on Instagram afterwards was wicked as well. I see the video. Yeah, and his dad recorded it. Whatever, and he was just like, eighty fights. I've never been knocked out in eighty fights. And a featherweight knocks me out. How wicked is that? And he was like paying all the respect in the world. But the Third. problem is, what does that do for Pettis now? Like, I, t- I tweeted this week and was like, forget everything you thought you knew about the welterweight division. Mm. It was a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not true. Well, yeah, yeah. So, what the fuck? Where does that leave us now? Does Pettis now campaign as a welterweight? He's just beat a top five guy at welterweight. Well, stat, stat wise, right? Pettis now becomes the third guy, only the third guy to have wins in the UFC. At featherweight, at lightweight, at welterweight. <laughs> Obviously, one of them's Connor, the other one's Kenny Florian. Yeah. And that is now the second week. Didn't on... Kenny have wins at middleweight as well? Yeah, I think he, he did. Said, I think the Ultimate Fighter was middleweight. Yeah, so yeah, fucking yeah. hell. Kenny's mad. Second week on the spin that uh, you would class him as a career lightweight, even though yeah. he's been all, all over the gas. Yeah. Second Former lightweight champion, isn't he? Yeah. Well, second week on the spin that a career lightweight's knocked out of welterweight. Yeah. Now, what argument does that then make for cutting weight? Absolutely. Does it say, listen, lads, fuck killing yourselves. Walk around at your natural weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you've only got to shed a little a little bit of poundage and get yourself stuck in there. I'm obviously referring to Jorge Masvidal as well in that. Um, where does he go in the welterweight division? Because this is a guy that has made the majority of his uh, career at uh, 155 pounds. So now do we see, do we push now for... 165? Well, or we've been campaigning for 162.5 for so long anyway, or 165 and moving 170 up to 175, but Dana seems dead against it, but they're crying out for that weight division, absolutely. Um, but in terms of a matchup then, surely Masvidal versus Pettis as a final eliminator makes fucking absolute sense. I'm sorry to piss all over Rocky Bear chips, but... That that's a fight for me that I would like to see. That's a fight that's appealing to me now. Mm. Two lightweights who've moved up to welter and have just knocked out two huge welterweights. Two highly number ranked. two and number three in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. So I think a final eliminator there to face Kamari Usman post Colby Covington. That's got to be that's got to be the shakeup. But it, it it just blew me mind because I've known Petters for such a long time. Like when I was when I was a magazine editor, I spoke to him. Many times I did the whole backstory with him, where his father was 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 killed in the street and all this kind of stuff, and in like a, the neighbourhood he grew up in was really rough, and just a journey, been on the spiritual journey, into in, as a martial artist and everything else, and to do the Showtime kick against Benson Henderson, which if you think you haven't seen it, you definitely have seen it because yeah, everyone's yeah. fucking seen it because it was amazing. Um, just to become lightweight champion, to then get in this rut of losing fights and then going to featherweight and now jumping up to welterweight. He's, he's a fucking really cool guy. Really cool guy, Anthony Pettis, man. They, couldn't, they literally couldn't be happening to a nicer, nicer dude, but it's just weird. It's just weird to think where we are right now. If you'd have said to me at the start of the year, Pettis and Masvidal have become number two and number three contender at welterweight, I'd have thought you were smoking crack. After knocking out Tillam. After knocking Wonderboy. out Tillam Wonderboy, I'd be like, absolutely no chance. That double... Masvidal, oh, Pettis, knockout. That's a fucking pay your mortgage job, that son. That's a sum double, that. But if I was a top contender in the welterweight division right now, I would not be taking a fight against the blown-up lightweights because the writing's on the wall. Mm. What we thought we knew about 170 is a lie. Everything has changed. 
Everything has changed. Stay hydrated, kids. No need to Welcome cut weight. Stay hydrated. But, but there's, there's so many stories now. You've just mentioned Bobby Knuckles' name there, Whitaker, yeah. in, in the in the roster of people that Perfect been example. Up Middle of the road, decent level, welterweight. Him. Now middleweight champion. Yeah, but him, Smith, Masvidal last week. Now you've got Pettis in there. There's yeah. a couple of others that are Diego doing... Diego Santos. Look at that one. Kelvin Gastelum. Look at that. Yeah. These are guys that are now competing for world titles at weight categories above, where they didn't, they didn't even make a sniff. Yeah. At weight. Pettis is... is the, the anomaly because he was world champion at yeah. 155, right? But the rest of them, you're looking at it and you're thinking to yourself, well, they've not really made a massive inroad at 155 and been talked about competing at the very, very highest level. Now, all of a sudden, they've gone up. They're not cutting as much weight. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, fucking hell, man. Well, that certainly points ever more to the fact that Till being, when you know, if you look at Till's stats, he's, he's the same height, reach, similar age to Robert Whitaker. So there's absolutely no reason why it wouldn't move up now. And the fact that that knockout of Masvidal was so shocking was the fact that his punch resistance looked like it had gone. Now, if you speak to anybody that's involved in fight sports, anybody that's ever cut weight, draining your body of fluids takes fluid off your brain, makes your brain less susceptible to punches. So you've got to highlight the fact that surely that's what it was. That He spars with heavyweights, that until, and that doesn't happen. He can take a shot from a heavyweight. Yeah, but he's, he's sparring with him fully hydrated. Exactly. So it, there's got to be a hydration issue. So that's why I think we'll see Till come back as a middleweight. In terms of Stephen Thompson... Hang on a minute. He's coming back as an Olympic skier at the moment, mate. Obviously. He's, 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 he's in Whistler. He's in Whistler. He's having a right old time of it, is the kid. I see, did you see the footage where he's taking the, he takes the skis off and throws them to the side and then sausage rolls down the hill? <laughs> Struggling, is he? He's smiling, mate. That's all that matters. That's it. But in terms of Stephen Thompson, you know... Even though he's so he's tall, I, I don't think he struggles to make 170. The difference here was it wasn't necessarily wasn't one of those knockouts where you think, fuck. Whereas Masvidal, that turned your stomach, that knockout, that was like he's out. Till was out for seconds, minutes, whatever it may be. Thompson, he just got caught by a fast counter punch that he didn't see coming, got caught square, it knocked him down heavy. But as you say, straight away he was he was repaying his respects, going fair play, man. That was a good shot. Whereas Till didn't wasn't it? Till didn't know what day it was. It mm. was Masvidal for a, a highlight mm. a few minutes afterwards. So mm. that was the difference there. But mm. it's mad. It, it's just mad. I've mad got what happens at MMA, man. You can't fucking bet on it. Yeah. And everyone coming at me as well for me fucking hacker. Yeah, me accumulating boxing came in. Accumulating MMA, three yeah, knockouts. Well, boxing's easy to predict, so MMA is totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, nice. um, the core men, listen, this is the... If you want to know why I don't like wrestling, right, go and watch this fight because this is basically yeah. 15 minutes of wrestling. Yep. I hated every second, every second of it, just tossing each other across the cage. Come on, lads. Anyway, Blades gets the job done. Now, this is where... I've. I've just watched 15 minutes of stuff that I'm not really into. Yeah. I like striking. I like kicks. I like punches. I even action. like, I like, like action. action. Even transitions within submission attempts. I love all that. Grappling and bumming each other. I'm not really interested in it, right? However, I know that it's part of the game and I know that there's a skill set to it. Then, having watched that, being bored out of my mind, I see him gets on the mic. Daniel Cormier is doing the fucking interview. Absolutely. Right? He's doing the interview. The champ's there. He's got the microphone in there. He's asking Blades, who do you want next? Yep. Mate, he stood in front of you. It's not like you needed a fucking reminder. Exactly. Pointed him and said, I want you, motherfucker. Exactly. Why don't you just say that? Why did you then go and point out Stipe and all these other dudes? No, you fucked it. He's there. He's asking you the question, man. Exactly. He's giving you the gold. You've, Oh, mate, what were you playing at? Why didn't you call him out? Yeah. 
He could, he could have had his moment there. People would have forgotten about the 15 minutes of boredom. Yeah. If you'd have just gone at him, he says, it's me and you, motherfucker. Let's have it. Exactly. Knocked the mic out of his hand. Me and you. Pushed him back, Brock Lesnar style. Why didn't he do that? Yeah. It was there. It was written in the stars for you. He give, it. He'd set it up for you. You're right. He absolutely blew it. That was his moment. That was his moment to steal ahead of Brock Lesnar. Because listen, we know what's happening. Brock Lesnar's trying to get through this six-month testing he's pool. Trying to drain his body yeah, no, yeah. of all the gear. Pictogram free. He's trying to get <laughs> through this. Pictogram free. Yeah. Fucking brick free. <laughs> brick Lesnar. That's what they call he's him. He's trying to get through this six months of testing so we can fight DC. But we know... Literally one positive test, it's out. He's gone. There's no, so DC has got no opponent then. John Jones isn't making noises like he's going to go to heavyweight anytime mm, soon. Mm. DC hasn't got an opponent. So this is the moment where he does go, boom, knock the mic out of his hand or take the mic off him. You don't interview me, you coward champion, you paper champion. <laughs> What's that accent? My American accent. Is that, your, like my, uh, is that your Curtis Blades accent, is it? My Curtis Blades accent, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then I like it. You paper champion. <laughs> he's like Mr. T. He's like B.A. Brackus. Well, all, all my... Cl- Clubber Lang's here. Exactly. All my big heavyweights, American, sound the all, same. All Clubber Lang. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You paper champion. <laughs> Give me that microphone here, boy. And that was his moment, as you say, to steal ahead and go, Black Lesnar's a juice head. <laughs> I want this fight. Then that was Why? his moment. <laughs> you sound like a preacher from church, mate. <laughs> That's what you're at. <laughs> But you're right, he missed an opportunity, man. And you know why? Because they pay too much respect to DC. But listen, DC don't pay your mortgage, motherfucker. No, he doesn't. Fuck him. Fuck DC. Fuck everybody in the heavyweight division. Fuck everybody. You are in this game for you. Mm. Fight sports. You may love it, but fight sports does not love you back. You need to get in fight sports and make as much money as possible and get the fuck out. That's a t-shirt. There you go. Fight, you might love fight sports, well, but fight, fight sports, sports doesn't don't love you back. Exactly. <laughs> he should have called out DC. He should have threw down, created the narrative, but fucked this it. opportunity, Yeah, he fucked man. it. And instead, we're all like, ain't no, ain't no rush to see no Curtis Blades fight again. No, we're in a, a difference of opinion, aren't we, regarding Macy Barber? Yeah. You see, I love her, and you're like, whatever, at this moment in time. Now, for those that don't know, Macy's 20 years of age. Um, There's obviously... Chuck's 50. There's loads of comparisons uh, between her and Ronda and various uh, superstars that have gone before her. She's only a kid at the end of the day, but I'll tell you why I love this at the weekend, right? She got battered in the first round. JJ was absolutely sensational. Brilliant um, mastering of distance. And she couldn't live with it. Anything on the outside, she just couldn't live with it. But every time she did get a little bit closer, every time she did get her in the clinch, those dirty little elbows on the inside and all that, she was getting a little bit of success. But she didn't do enough of it in the first round. And no. she lost that first round. She did. She's gone back to a corner, a corner of red of the right acts, and said, what the fuck are you doing? This is where you're strong. Why are you trying to do what she does? Yep. That's not how we play the game, kid. You get on that inside, you rough this motherfucker up, and this is how you win the fight. And she took care of business in the second round. She did exactly that. She cop, cop, She carried it out to the letter. And I thought to myself, that shows an awful lot of maturity for a 20-year-old kid to be able to do that because a lot of them are going shit the pants. Fair play to her, man. Yeah, listen, I, I ain't beating up on her. I just thought I was expecting so much more because of the smoke behind her and the fact that she's won every fight. There's always going to be smoke. She's, she's only 20. Been, she's, only been, she's only been to points once. Because when she walked out, I remember watching a, a UFC debut and I'm wait, expecting some 20-year-old to walk out, and she walks out, and she looks like a soccer mom to me. She looks about 35. <laughs> and she walked out, and I was like, okay. And then first round, I wasn't too impressed. Then she gets to the ground and pound, and I thought, okay, you've got that killer instinct, which is what I like. Yeah, she's nasty. And the same thing here with JJ Aldrich. I'm like, okay, well now now there's question marks about you because you lose, you know, you've lost that round. 
But then she turned around the second round. She bludgeoned her. So I like that. I think the comparisons to Ronda. I just remember Ronda ripping Gail's arms off left, right, and centre. She didn't give a fuck that she couldn't box. She didn't give a fuck that she didn't, couldn't kickbox or whatever. She would just close the distance. Judo, throw you down and rip your arm off. And I'm not seeing that in in this girl to make me go like, oh my God, she's the second coming of Ronda, like some people are saying. I think she's still a work in progress. Mm. And I don't know whether, as you said, she's trying to beat JJ at her own game. Don't do in that. In that first round she was, yeah. Don't do that. Just yeah. be you. Do Be the best of you. Mm. Um, now, will we ever forget that Bryce Mitchell's the geezer that basically drilled a hole in his bollocks? <laughs> no. Will we just allow him Never. to, will we allow him to be a fighter now? Will we allow him and celebrate the performances in the octagon, or is he always the dude that stuck a fucking power drill through his scrotum? This is true, by the way. Go and Google it. Go and have a look. Yeah. Well, don't Google it too much because yeah, you might you see some see nasty it. shit. Even though this was the fight of the night, even though this was absolute flames, and this should be the narrative, he will always be that guy. The bollock guy. He will always be the guy that drilled his own balls. <laughs> that will forevermore be him. If you want to know more on that story, go and Google it. But it is too. Adam is right. He did drill his ball sack. What, do you, what was there anything else that stood out in Nashville for you from, uh, from uh, the well I was obviously I was all over Lewis Penner Violent yeah. Bob Ross just for the fact that he's got the coolest nickname in the UFC yeah and he missed weight and he missed weight which we hate but that solidified my gamble so I was like I did well when you put that up you know yeah. I thought oh, he missed weight What's he gonna, how's he going to be feeling I'm not putting the bet on <laughs> I should have put it on. I did. I had Penner, Blades, and obviously Thompson. I had three knockouts, and obviously the first two guys won, but they won on points. Um, but I thought Lewis Penner, he was so close to getting that knockout as well. It, I was thought it was at, it was on for a while. He's fascinating to watch, isn't it? I like him, man. He's gonna have to. He's obviously gonna have to move up now. He's six foot fucking three. What's he doing? Trying to get down to one hundred and forty-five pounds? He's taller than me. It's ridiculous. Cut his hair, mate. That's it's what he needs to do. He's fucking that. ridiculous. There's just no way in the world he should healthily be getting down to 145. I'd love to see you at 145. Ugh, I'd be dead. Mate, get no. I got down to 168 once, and you should have seen me. I look like a crackhead. Mm. Honestly, I look like Pookie off New Jack City. You need to get on that quince. Blue lips and everything. Get on that quince. That'll take you down so won't it? Quince though. That quince. Look, the quince is. I'm looking good at the moment. I'm looking pretty well. Are you? I'm about one. What did I weigh myself today? I was was 195 today. You've got ambitions of going sub 190, aren't you? Yeah, man. If I get sub 190, I'll be fucking, I'll be stripped. I'll, you'll never see me with a top on again. <laughs> I'll literally have no top on all the time. Even at shows. I'll be live at cage side, just fucking with no shirt on. Be like, who's that? I'll be like John Morgan, but instead of, with John Morgan, friend made junkie, always wears that sky blue yeah. short sleeve t-shirt. Yeah. So you can, so his family can spot him or whatever he does it for. I will be the fucking six pack guy. Who's the guy with the six pack sitting cage side? Yeah, but there? you've got a heavily um, tattooed body, mate. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. True. Look at that. <laughs> if I get sub 190, it's happening. I'm telling you. So be careful what you wish for. Fucking, he's not getting sub 190, don't you worry about it. I thought the, the fight, to be honest, I really enjoyed uh, Formiga versus uh, Figueredo. Good as fight. Well. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. and uh, But I stayed away from it. Who won it? Who won it? For me? No, who won it for you? Oh, I thought Formiga won it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, get, I was happy with that. Okay. Yeah, I thought he old manned him a little bit. I think it was the takedowns. The takedowns kind of swayed it for mm. me. Figueredo is a talent man, but. Sometimes you just get in there and, and he's got a cool haircut. A wicked haircut. Yeah, yeah. Does Dan Hardy get props for that? It's kind of like I, I a skinhead with a red stripe. Yeah. It's but yeah, but like no, yeah, but he's, Dan he's bleached it blonde. He's bleached it blonde and red striped it. And then it. red striped it. Yeah. It just looks like a spray paint red stripe. Yeah, it's it not does here, actually. Is it? Yeah, he's not, yeah. It's a weird look. Hmm. He's working it. 
Well, that, I was when you strip down, I want you there like that. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Mate, if I get sub on ninety, I'll fucking do me like that. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> I wish I could. I, I ain't yeah, got a bonnet for it, son. For Mega, though, I, I think he's got it. You know, he's after a win like that against a surging contender, undefeated guy like Figueredo. For Mega, for me, he's got to get the next fight. He's got to get the next shot at flyweight mm. against soft shite. Mm. A uh, lot going on in Philadelphia this weekend. We'll get stuck into it in a minute or two, but I just want to talk about various bits and bats that have flagged up in the world of uh, the UFC. Connor was right. Cody was right. The snake's been popping, baby. Yep. Listen, you know that we love TJ. We think he's a top geezer, but fucking hell, man. You can't be talking the talk and then that. You know, yep. you just can't be getting popped up. He's had to relinquish it. Well, he hasn't had to. He's relinquished his belt uh, because uh, he's had a test flag up with uh, USADA. Well, you, with USADA now... You don't. They, they've. They not. They won't announce it. No. I way. know. They will investigate. So TJ's took it upon himself to go. Listen, here's the belt back. Yeah. I'm being investigated by Usada for popping. So I'm going to sort this shit out. The rest of the division should crack on. Right. Now that, that smells of guilt to me, man. It, it does. I, I, immediately I went. Oh, for fuck's sake, he's hot. Then you give up the belt because you know you're guilty. But then also afterwards, it was kind of like, well, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe he's being really cool with the rest of the division to go, I'm going to sort this out, I'm going to clear my name, and then when I come back, I'm going to win my belt back. But I think, you know, where's the honour amongst thieves? It's a little bit like... Nah, mate. It's all nice to think like that, but in reality, it's like, come on, man. And it, there's been so much talk around it anyway. Do you remember when fucking... What's his name? Cody, with all due respect... We all know Cody's got two short planks anyway. He's not the most intelligent kid. He's a good-looking lad, though. But when Cody comes... Oh, <laughs> don't talk about his cock. We're not going to go there, are we? No, no, no. Like our boxing show. No. Anyway. We just said that for the boxing show. So when Cody came out and was like, yeah, you know, you're everyone at Alpha Male's juicing. And he was like, you are from Alpha Male, by the way, Cody. You yeah, just yeah, yeah. vilified yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, we were all juicing, weren't we? <laughs> That's basically what he said. He basically came out and went, we were all juicing, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, TJ was the dealer. Yeah, yeah. TJ was the main man. So when that happens, you immediately think red flag, fucking hell. But it's it's shit because look, when you look back on TJ's timeline, every picture of him is absolutely shredded to bits as well. Mm. So it plays into that mindset. I think people people like to think, oh yeah, but Anderson wasn't really taking steroids, was he? Because look at his body shape. No, he was. He was a forty year old man taking steroids so he could train three times a day. Mm. But you look at TJ and you kind of go, well, you know, you could have guessed it because he's ripped. It's like Joel Romero or Chris Cyborg pops. You go, well, obviously, for fucks. Brock pops, well, obviously. Yeah. And with TJ, it's kind of like, well, obviously. Well, no, not obviously, but all signs. Mm. It doesn't look good, does it? All right, then. Smoke and fire and all that. So now we've got a vacant belt. Yeah. So how does this play out for you? How does the bantamweight division play out for you? Do you I'll, I'll chuck mine in, yeah. right? Mariah's has to be involved in One it. One million percent. Right. So, so if there's a vacant... He's the form guy. Right. So Mariah's is the man. Yeah. So he's involved... He's one half of the draw. Yeah. Who's the other half of the draw? Now, if you were to look at Asan Sal, who I think is the next one down, yeah. Marais has just beaten him. Exactly. So do you run that back? I don't think you do. No. You've got to look at Fulham, I think. Beat him conclusively, so you can't do that. Okay. So you've got to look at Fulham. Aljo? Aljamain Sterling? Well, Aljamain Sterling's definitely in the frame, but... Moraes beat Aljamain Sterling first round knockout. This was going to be my point. Fucking eighteen months ago, whatever. But he's a lot. He's, he's he's developed a lot as Aljo in that eighteen months since that defeat. Yeah. Well, you could say that about everybody though. So he's come on loads in eighteen okay. months. Yeah, great. So was fucking everybody else. He just hasn't fought Moraes. 
So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Pedro Munoz. I think it's got to be Munoz for me. Who starts Cody Garbrandt, the former champion? Yes. So you think it's Munoz versus Monaias for the belt? Because they've never fought each other. I think it makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Who's the, for me, the biggest threat in this division is Petty Yan. Yeah, but he's not quite ready. He's yet. not there yet. He's not quite ready. But I think one fight, I think you could maybe set up Petty Yan versus Aljo. Yeah, yeah. That's a right. final eliminator. Yeah. So we're going to okay. well, do... and sell. Right. So let's do Marias versus uh, Munoz. Yeah. That's for the belt. Yeah. We're going to set up Aljo and Yan, or as you just said, Asun Sao and Yan. Mm-hmm. Winner of that then goes on to fight the champ. No complaints from me. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think you keep fucking, you know, I'll go to the opening of a fridge door. I think you keep him out the frame because if he moves up to bantamweight, he kills the flyweight. Oh, this is another thing, right? Sorry, I, I missed all that. Yeah. So you, yeah. <laughs> you're referring to Sajudon now rather than now go to the opening of a fridge door. Yeah. 100% stay away. He should not be involved in this title fight no. whatsoever, especially for a vacant title. Maybe in a year from now, sweet, he can move up and have a bit of a play. But for now, absolutely not. No. You've been making all this fucking noise about saving your division, son. Stay in there and save the division. Exactly. Because if he moves up, the division's dead. You know, if he moves up, it's the perfect excuse that UFC and Dana White supposedly have been waiting for to kill the flyweight division because mm. there's a bit of vacant belt. So he can't do that. He can't move up. If if what he said throughout the whole campaign against TJ is actually true. Yeah. If he does move up, he's a bullshit artist because he's fucking hanging everybody else out to dry. Mm. Plus, he's got a... He's got a you know, just here Formiga's just put in a fucking solid performance. He deserves a shot at the belt. There's a guy there who legitimately deserves a shot at the belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to give him that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Can't, it's not like he's done a fucking... It's not like we're talking about Demetrius Johnson two years ago. Then I'd have been like, okay, Demetrius Johnson's just beat TJ. Get Demetrius Johnson up to bantamweight. This is the moment when he defines his legacy. Yeah. Henry Sajudo has got one win over Demetrius Johnson to win the belt. Just beat TJ. But there's a whole fucking line of flyweights there that you need to fight. I know he's fought, he's fought um, Formiga before, but I would love to see that mix back. It was a split decision win from last time anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to see that play back again, definitely. Mm. Um, don't rule out Nathaniel Wood getting in that mix sometime soon. Maybe this time next year. Two wins. Yeah. He'll uh, obviously against decent top 10 uh, opponents. And we could be talking about Nathaniel Wood. Top 10 first, yeah, Mm. absolutely. Uh, Other fights that have been announced this week. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Kevin Lee. Deal me in. Absolute flames. I'll have that all day long. Winner of that, Pettis. (laughs) Mate, what a great fight that is. Kevin Lee versus RDA, yeah? It's a brilliant fight. You know, I'm a huge fan of both these guys. Um, You know, be interesting to see Kevin Lee back up at welterweight. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, RDA he's got a fucking shitload of experience um, but I think it's a perfect opponent for Kevin Lee you know I'm a huge fan of Kevin Lee I've been talking about this kid for a long time and I truly thought he was going to have a run at the lightweight belt uh, but obviously they're missing weight against Barbosa and losing to Ally Quinta last time out has obviously forced him to move up to 170 pounds but this, he could be another guy man he could be another one of these guys that we're talking about that's just in the wrong weight division because they're killing themselves because of this wrestling mentality he's killing himself to get down to 155 mm. Kevin Lee could go up to 170 and absolutely blossom and RDA is the perfect opponent to put it against because let's face it as brilliant as RDA is was He's on his way down the mountain now. He's not quite. He's not as young as he once was. Not as sharp as he once was. I think he's was. looking good at welter though. He looks Since great at welterweight. Yeah, yeah. I, I, 
it seems like these guys move up to welter a little bit too late. You move up a weight division a little bit too late. Mm. You know, it's like move now and, and make the most of the opportunity. Move now and mm. Kevin Lee's a young guy. Move up now and fucking capitalize on it. You don't have to be the biggest, strongest guy out there. Just cause you just cause you could doesn't mean you should. Mm. Play to your own strengths. Get out there, man. You mentioned uh, Al uh, Ayakinsa's name a moment or two ago. He's fighting cowboy. Yeah. That's that's just got fun written all oh, over of course. it. Oh, listen, fucking hell, that, that sells out anywhere. That's a stay-up fight. That, that, that ain't a catch-up in the morning with your cornflakes fight. That's a fucking stay-up for a fight, absolutely. But I also feel for Cowboy because just because of who Cowboy is, I wanted that red panty party for him. You wanted Connor? I wanted Connor for Cowboy. I just thought it would have been a perfect comeback fight for Connor. You know Cowboy ain't going to take you down. It's going to be a striking match, and Cowboy's absolutely no joke. And I think against Ally Quinta, Cowboy could struggle. I think yeah. Ally Quinta, on his day, has got the type of hands that can give Cowboy all kinds of trouble. Just on Connor, every time there's an event now, he seems to be on Twitter straight away yeah. calling somebody out. He's commenting more. Like he was, he was congratulating uh, Petters at the weekend, weekend. Yeah, saying yeah. welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the uh, three weight club. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so he's he's getting. It's it's like he's dipping his toe back in. Mate, he's coming back. It's July, isn't it? But who? Eh? Who? Where? What weight? What's it going to be? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, go ahead. Nate 3. You think it's going to be Nate 3? 100%. At what? At what? At 155? I think it has to be 155. They've done welters now. They've done two at welter, haven't they? 1-1. One, one, or do we go back to welter and 1-1 one, one, lost one? We'll have the rubber match at welter. Mm-hmm. They've had two at welters. They're one each. Let's go back to your proper weight categories, boys. At 155 and let's see where you're all about. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't be against it. Mate, uh, listen, I'm, mate, I'm not against Connor against it. Anyone. We are in. I w- I'm not against. Connor just want to see the Billy Strong one wanna, more time. I just want to see Connor back in the UFC, doing what he does. Because I'm sick of fucking reading about him doing bullshit. Mm. But I still, I still don't know whether it's going to happen. It's happening. I still don't. Listen, Have faith. What's the matter with you? But they're talking about some being fucking co-main events at someone. I was like, what? What the fuck? How is that slowing down negotiations? I do not believe for a second that anyone at the UFC, Dana, whoever it may be, there's nobody there at executive level who, honestly, without fucking taking the piss, says Conor McGregor's a co-main event fighter. Nobody. There's no, he's the biggest star they've ever had. There's fucking no way. Where the story's come from, I've got no idea. Mm. But definitely one million percent could not have come out of the executive boardroom at UFC HQ in Vegas. Because if someone went, yeah, yeah, and we can do Connor as co-main, they'd have been fucking thrown out the window by Dana. <laughs> they'd have just literally been thrown out the window clean. Co-main, are you fucking kidding me? The biggest star we've ever had. I don't care whether he's coming off a loss or not. Co-main, Jesus Christ. Philly this weekend. We'll talk about the core men on uh, on that, but we'll, let's go to the main event. Edson Barboza, Justin Gaethje. Yes, sir. This is going to be fun. And where's Edson Barboza at at this moment in time in your mind, man? Because like you, we've we spoke about him on the show on many many occasions that he's been one of those guys that we thought this was going to be the path, and yeah. then maybe a couple of losses have come his way, and he's not necessarily been the same. But. Of recent times, every time I've watched him, I've thought, he's back. He's doing bits. You know what I mean? He's throwing some flashy shit about again. And I'm thinking to myself, Gaethje's the perfect opponent because Gaethje's just going to stand in front of him and he's going to allow him to, well, I say allow him to, but it's not like Gaethje's got the greatest defense in the world, is it? No. Apart from a wicked chin. Yeah. The problem with Gaethje, though, is he's he's just like made of steel, isn't he? And, he's, and he, 
His, his fight IQ. He's just like a zombie man. Like he, when you're referring to fight IQ, I don't see too no, much fight IQ. That, well, that's what I mean. His fight IQ seems non-existent. It's like yeah. he's gotten. He just he believes that he, he believes he can take everything that you throw at him. Yeah, he believes he can take anyone's best shot and keep walking forward. Yeah, but of recent times down. that's not been true. He's been stopped. No, and I think Barbosa coming off the win over Dan Hooker, where he looked brilliant. Yes, absolutely brilliant. Um, I think he. I think Geishi could well. I think you're right. Geishi's kind of made for him. Those body kicks. He just fucking cut Geishi in half. Mm-hmm. Geishi's gonna have to show us something completely different. Because he has been exposed now. And in the back of his mind, he will be thinking, okay, I'm not indestructible. I can be chinned. I can be hurt. And what that does for Geishi's game, I don't know. Obviously, he, he won't. Come on. You know him. He ain't going to change. No, he isn't. He's a nutcase. Plus, he's, he's just come over the win over James Vick where he knocked James Vick out in the first yes, round. Absolutely. So he's back in the fucking mindset. <laughs> exactly. Of, I can plough you down. I think this is made for Barbosa to show all the skills that he's got absolutely light him up. I'm not saying that he will light him up and knock him out. What I'm saying is that he'll be able to get off a lot of his work. He's not going to have to go looking for him. He's not going to have to set anything up. It's going to be there in front of him. Do what you do. Unless Gaethje does something un-Gaethje in terms of because he's got that... Because he's got that <laughs> ungaishy. You know what he's going to do. The, no, mate, no. Look at his career. He's just going to walk forward. He's going to throw bombs and he's going to take bombs. That's what he's going to do. I know. However, he is with Trevor Whitman, who is no fool. He is a good, very good coach. And this would be the moment when you say to someone like Gaishi, who fights the way Gaishi does. Have a think about what you're you doing. You are <laughs> a former Division One wrestler. All you need to do is watch watch how Khabib ragdolled this motherfucker everywhere and beat him up. Yeah. That's what you need to do. It ain't happening. You need to, as soon as he throws a kick, catch it, take him down, and bludge him on the floor. Do you believe that's going to happen? No, because I think Gaethje's got no fight <laughs> IQ. Yeah, yeah, I think he walks nutter. forward trying to fucking land punches. And I think Barbosa slices him to bits. Mm. And I said last time out, Barbosa's fucking, we're tight, man. So I can't go against Barbosa. Obviously, I'm going to go for Barbosa knockout in the third round. But Gaethje... If he plays to his strength, which he's never done in his career, so there's no reason why he would. <laughs> but if he someone slaps him across the head and goes, you're a Division One wrestler, and this guy has been dominated by a wrestler before, yeah. he just takes him down and beats fucking Barbosa up on listen, the floor. Listen, that will be the instruction. 100%. That's what he's been given. do it. <laughs> nah, he's not going to fucking listen. <laughs> he wants to entertain the fans, doesn't he? That's why we love him. That's why we love watching That's Justin Gaethje fight. human highlight. Literally, he is the human highlight. Exactly, for the reason. Exactly. Definitely tune into this. Edson Barbosa versus Justin Gaethje. Should be an absolute cracker. Branch versus Hermanson. Yes. Again, this is another weird one because these guys, you think that they're going in a certain direction and then all of a sudden it kind of falls to pieces a little bit. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Jack Hermanson. Um, I I thought he was really going to carry the torch when Alexander Gustafsson had a bit of a wobble. I thought he was going to become the face of like Swedish MMA. But he's had a little wobble himself, but he's on a a two or three three fight winning streak at the moment. David Branch, this is his second stint in the UFC, but he's... For me, David Branch is a little bit of a gatekeeper to the top ten. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, he, I don't think he's ever going to make a title run, um, but he's 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 like the guy you've got to beat to start getting in the mix and to get. And I think this is a big opportunity for Hamanson to actually snatch that torch away from from Gustafsson, who's you know he's, he's, who seems to be on his way out the sport because uh, he only fights once a blue moon and really go okay, I'm the new face of Swedish MMA, and I think he'll take it with both hands. Again, I think Hermanson will do it, and I think he'll probably he'll probably get a finish as well. Danny Roberts, mate, uh, Michael Johnson's um, on this card as well, taking on Josh Emmett. Yeah, down a featherweight. Mm. 
Danny says amazing things about. Um, yeah, he's a big fan, isn't he? He's a big fan, obviously. I know it's his training partner and stuff like that, but he, he, he says some of the stuff Michael does, even though he's probably at, towards the back end of his career now, some of the shit that he does in training and everything, he's got so much respect for him. Listen, Michael Johnson couldn't buy a win a couple of years ago, and now he's on a two-win, you know, he's on a two-win streak if there is such a thing. But he had a good win over Andre Feely. Then he beat, uh, you know, everyone knows how I feel about Artem Lobov. He is mm. what he is. Just mm. kind of sparring partner. This cult following he's got, mad. Mm. But it is what it is. He's, he's he was never fitting fitting proper to be in the UFC in the first place. Josh Emmett's a different kettle of fish, man. Josh Emmett's, you know, he's a legit. UFC fighter, he's a guy with big aspirations, he's only ever lost to good guys, Desmond Green when Desmond Green was good and obviously Jeremy Stevens last time out who's a top contender, so I think it's a good fight for Josh Emmett to prove himself, but once again, Michael John- the thing with Michael Johnson and a lot of these guys who've been there, been at the top, the opportunities will always come because you're Michael Johnson, mm. you're ha- Josh Emmett is high on this card because he's fighting Michael Johnson, so big opportunity for both think it could be a good, good fight, but by then... I'll be fucked because it's straight on the back of what could be a bit of a sock fight. Karolina Kavakovic versus Michelle Waters. Why, why have you got to take it dirt, man? Why have you got to take it down there? I was going to talk about the technicalities of the fight, but you're, you're just knocking one out. You're a liar. It is a beautiful fight, isn't it? Michelle Waterson, obviously, the karate hottie. Um, Karolina's like the, the, girl smoke ne- show. the girl next door. And Karolina, see, right, okay. Do you know how I meet MMA Jim? Yeah. So he, he's got a massive soft spot for Catalina. Has uh, it? The good mates, don't get me wrong, the good mates. But, he, you know, don't tell his girlfriend, but Jim's secretly in love with her, I think. Yeah. And Jim had said to me, oh, Catalina's here. Uh, was it that? Da- I think it was Dallas. Catalina Kavalkovic is here. Okay. And I was like, and? And he was like, have you ever met her? And I was like, nah. And he was like, wait until you meet her. And I was like, oh, okay. Didn't think anything about it. And then I met her and I was like, she's a smoke show. She's an absolute smoke show. So for that reason... I love that you've thrown Jim under the bus. I've absolutely nailed him there. Like that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's all loved up at the moment as well. Oh, mate. Well, hopefully his girlfriend doesn't listen to the show. But anyway. I doubt it. I was checking our analytics the other day. Uh, out of all our listeners, um, the 3% of our, our listenership is female. 3%. And the majority of it is in Stockholm. <laughs> so I don't think she's listening. That was because the other week I was raving about... how. Yeah, Beautiful you, Swedish women. There you See, go. I know our market. You Don't play, you worry you about play it. the game, aren't you? Son? Exactly. Playing the game. Uh, but the Polish princess versus the karate hottie. Mm. Don't miss it. All the way in. <laughs> You're so dirty. <laughs> it's got the for me. It's got decision written all over it. This fight. I don't think there's going to be a stoppage. I think it's got decision written all over it. Even though uh, Carolina was, was she stopped in the last fight or the one before? I can't remember. Um, but for me, this. I think Michelle Watson will come through this fight and I think she'll take it maybe on a split, but I think she'll get the decision after uh, after three rounds of just kicking the living daylights out of Carolina. Yeah. I think a lot of it's at distance. I don't think there'll be too much on the deck. No, I'm a big fan of Carolina, to be honest with you. Yes, yeah, that, That's no slight on, on the karate hottie. She's a great fighter as well, but... You're going the other way? I fancy Carolina, I think, yeah. To stop her or are you going points? I think probably points, but I think it'll be a good. I think it'll be a good fight while it lasts. Put it that way. Mm. Now there's a couple of uh, British lads involved on this card. All of them, well, both of them are. Um, they're on sk- real skids and in real danger of losing their UFC contract. Paul Craig lost three of his last four. Ross Pearson, he's on the prelims, by the way. Five yeah. of his last six. Yeah. Now listen, they're both exciting boys and they're both extremely talented mixed martial artists, but you can't keep those type of skids going. You've got to start turning it around and you've got to do it, I suppose, in a bit of a flashy way as well, haven't you? In order to catch the attention of the bosses to get new contracts. 
Yeah, you do. And, um, you know, I, I kind of feel for Paul a little bit. But listen, when you're in this situation that he is in, you know, don't he had that amazing uh, last time in London, not this year, but last year in London, he had the amazing fucking four minute 59 triangle. But he was getting beat up, mate. Oh, he got, that's what I mean. He, got, he was getting battered for 14 minutes, 14 mm. minutes and 50 seconds. And in, in, in the last, last 10 seconds of the fight, he throws up that triangle, saves his UFC career. Then he goes and fights Jimmy Cruz, who's a rising star of Australia. Um, and basically the same things happen. Same thing happens to him. He gets camorred in the last 10 seconds mm. of the third round. I think for that reason, he's probably still in the UFC. But then, you know, you're getting, you're getting fed guys like this. He's fighting Kennedy and Czech Wazoo. Great pronunciation. It's fucking definitely not that. No. Let's just call him Kennedy. Ken. Who's a bit of a Nigerian nightmare. Who's come through Dana White's contender series. Who's 6-0 and in MMA and absolutely turning everybody apart. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, when you get to a position that Paul Craig is in, you need to start winning on the road. You need to start winning big, and you need to start put to 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 keep your UFC career going. Listen, we've had Paul on this show, man. He's a fucking diamond. He's a top guy. And we want him to obviously we want him to stay in the UFC, but he's real. Hopefully, he just plays to his strengths. You know, his strength is his jujitsu. His strength is grappling, and Kennedy's a puncher. So he he needs to take this guy down. And you know, I, I wouldn't be against Paul Craig running in there and doing what Paul Sash used to do. Fainting the fucking punch or the kick, grab an old and pull on guard. Just pull him onto, fall onto your back, pull, pull Kennedy into your guard hmm. because that's he's going to be a fish out of water. The guy's a striker. I wouldn't be against seeing that. So, and Ross, listen, I love Ross to bits, man. Obviously, Ross has been around this game for so long. Me and him have, have, have spent plenty of time together, both with a microphone between us and and you know when I was based up in the northeast, Ross was around and. We used to go to the same strength and conditioning guy and everything else. He's a fucking diamond. I know his wife, Christy, well. Like, I, I know him really well. And I think the difference between Ross and Paul Craig is that Ross brings that star power to the UFC. He's been a wonderful servant for the UFC, former tough winner, of course, as well. Um, always comes to fight, never turns a fight down. You know, Dan, Dan, when you speak to Dan Hardy and you're like, you know, fucking hell, you did well to stay in the UFC after getting a few losses. And he was like, yeah, but I was a company man. Whenever the phone went, I would go, yep. I wouldn't go, how much? I wouldn't go, what's next? I wouldn't go, where is it? I wouldn't go, they'd just ring and go, this is your fight, and I'd go, sound, I'll be there. That's it. And he's reaped the rewards of that now because Dan's got an extended career with the UFC, and I think Ross Pearson could well be on a similar vein. And I think they'll support Ross Pearson's continue fighting. It's not that you watch Ross... And he's in bad fights. No, he's in great he's fights. He's always in fucking great fights. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's, he's won one of his last, what would you say, seven? Uh, f he's lost five of his last six, yeah. Fucking hell. So, you know, that's not a, a place anybody wants to be. Um, but again, he's going to get these opportunities because he's Ross Pearson. You know, on, a, on some weird level, he, a few rungs below, but he's in that BJ Penn real, reign where if he wants to keep fighting the UFC, he's going to keep giving him opportunities. Mm. The point is, how long does... Ross want to keep fighting guys that are, you know, on the other way up the mountain, if you like. Now, here he's fighting Desmond Green, who 18 months ago you'd have gone, oh, fucking hell, Desmond Green's a monster. Yet Desmond Green's only won one of his last four. So they're both in a similar position right mm. now, which can go one of two ways. Either it's going to be an absolutely brilliant fight or, you know, one of them's going to get land something early. Decent card, though, isn't it? It's a good card. As you look down there, as you look what we're talking about there, I mean, mentioning some of those fights, we've not mentioned every fight. But it's a decent card. Yeah. Sherman Marias kicks off the fe in the featherweight division, kicks off the main card. Sherman. Oh, I like the look of that guy. He's he, he's uh, he's only lost to 
Um, Marais, who we're talking about now, is the best contender. He lost to him in the UFC. Um, in World Series of Fighting, sorry. And his other defeat was fucking, what's his name? Abraham Lincoln, Zabit. He lost to Zabit as well. <laughs> Abraham so, Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> mate, the people he's lost to are fucking two of the top guys in the UFC. Outstanding, yeah. Mm. So, keep an eye out for Shaman Marais kicking off that main card, yeah. There you go. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. You can subscribe to this nonsense uh, via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Fightdisciples.com is our website for Android feeds. Go there. Please subscribe and be a part of what we're doing. Uh, you can get our social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook and on Twitter. You can get it on YouTube as well. And it's at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.